welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Michael Galinsky. He's a filmmaker, artist, writer, and musician based in North Carolina. For the past 25 years, he's made films with his wife, Suki Holly. In 2000, they joined forces with David Bylinson and have made eight documentary feature films together, including a film about the life and work of Dr. John Sarno called All the Rage. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Welcome, Michael. I'm very excited to have you on the phone. I'm sorry, on the podcast here. And I've heard your name for a long time. I knew about the movie. I'm going, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I watched the link this morning that you sent me and I got hooked. I've listened to every minute of it, rewound it a couple of times, heard, watched certain parts of it. But it's a remarkable film. So I haven't done my homework, like, like I said before. I don't have a really great introduction for you. All I know is that you made a wonderful film about Dr. Sarno, but also about your own life and family, just right. laying it out there, which is remarkable. So it's not really about Dr. Sarno alone. It's about Dr. Sarno, the world, you, and the interaction of the world with Dr. Sarno. So it gave a very different perspective of Dr. Sarno. So, um, Michael, um, welcome. Happy to have Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I had a lot of back problems over the years, but right. I also have a long family history. My father was a psychologist who right. almost died of an ulcer when I was a kid, and then he had whiplash. But right. when um, I was probably, I guess, around 10 or 11 years old, he was, I mean, I would come home from school and he would be sitting in traction, drinking a whiskey because his neck was in so much pain. All the t- you know, every night it was a problem. Right. Then someone gave him Dr. Sarno's book. And as a psychologist, he immediately understood it. And he, he didn't have like a miraculous 100% healing, but he was way healed for the, the remainder of his days, right? Um, and, you know, just having that experience, it was always around. But then my brother had the same problem. He had um, terrible hand pain uh, that kept him, he almost had to drop out of graduate school. He got an early um, <coughs> computer translation program for his typing. Like it was like a $5,000 program. He got a grant so that he could speak and type like we do on our phones now. Um, and that, but it, he, he was uh, told he had to have surgery to carve away bone in his collarbone to free right. the nerves in his neck Right. And by, by the, the preeminent RSI guy in the country. And my dad screamed at him, if you don't go see Dr. Sarno, I will never talk to you again. He went to see Dr. Sarno and three days later, he was better. And how long, and he, how long had he been in pain before that? Four years. Wow. So yeah. um, the thing is like to pull out of the pull out or, or sift out here yeah. is that there's lots of clinicians that have, have the same effects now that Dr. Sarno had. Right. And first of all, I, I don't think the audience completely knows who Dr. Sarno right. is, believe it or not. I know in your world, everybody knows. Yeah. And I view my work as an extension of Dr. Sarno's work, lots of different layers to it. Yeah. And the, 10 years of, the last 10 years of neuroscience has been stunning that he did have advantage of. But I heard, I watched the film that you made, which is truly wonderful. Please consider watching this film. And how do you access it, Michael? It's on it's Vimeo? All, alltherage.com, as in all the rage is the title, plus doc for documentary.com. Okay. And you have all the links there. Um, but if you just, if you Google it, you'll, you'll find a link. Okay. It's a wonderful film. And he just presents Dr. Sarno in a different light. I met Dr. Sarno about a year before he passed away mm. um, about 10 years ago. And um, he was very quiet. His wife is you know, very vivacious and wonderful, of course. 
And, um, but it just, I got to see him in action in your film at a younger age, which was wonderful. Yeah. Had a totally different view of him. And so it was really wonderful the way you presented him. So could you explain a couple of things, who mm -hmm. Dr. Sarno is, what he meant, means to the world, and also what he meant to you and your family? Yeah, totally. Um, so the, I was saying, you know, Dr. Sarno helped my, my brother and my father. And so I knew about him. And when my brother was healed, I read his book and I solved my own back pain for a while. But 10 years later, I was stuck on the floor once again. And that's when I went to see him. And that's when I decided, hey, can we make a movie with you? We had just finished another movie about a guy fighting, you know, fighting power. The problem that we faced, though, was that he wasn't really a character. He did. He wasn't going out in the world fighting. We couldn't really uh, because of um, just ethical rules. He couldn't introduce us to patients, he felt like. And we couldn't really figure right. out how to bring patients to him. So it, it basically installed because our conception of making a movie was you follow a character in action as they do something. Right. So we thought, okay, we'll follow when he makes it, when he puts out his book, The Divided Mind. So I called him and I said, when's the book coming out? And he said, oh, it came out three months ago. So he didn't even do anything to promote it. So right. there, was, there was nothing to follow. And that's when it kind of fell apart. So we had tried to work on it for a couple of years. We applied for all these grants, but also this is 2004. And the, the amount of resistance to his ideas outside of the people who had been saved by him was profound. You know, you didn't have the neuroscience yet, and you didn't have other people talking about trauma. The ACE study had been published, but nobody was aware of it until like 2005, 2006. Right. Right. So we were, we were stuck in this situation. Where we couldn't make it. I kind of gave up. Then it happened to me again. And when I got thrown to the floor, I screamed, grab the damn camera. I mean, I, I literally, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't move. I was screaming, but I realized right then that I would have to be a character. And, and part of what we faced as we made it, I did become a character. We did start filming more with him. And we found Dr. Gabor Mate. And we found um, Dr. Clark, who had come up like yourself, almost separately, but then connected to him. Um, right. The same idea, but in a different field. And, and like him, each of these people tends to be isolated within this field once right. they've seen something new. Like we were talking about Dr. Lustig with sugar um, recently. Um, right. You know, he saw this, but nobody else, everyone else was like, it's fat. He's like, no, it's sugar. Right. And then someone's like, actually, someone already did that research, which is right. the same thing with Dr. Sarno. Like um, Hans Selye had done all this work around stress, but it had gotten ignored because it was no longer this, the, uh, the randomized control wasn't part of it, right? Right. Uh, in, in any case, as we made the movie, what became really difficult to figure out was that some people want absolute proof. They're not going to believe it unless, say, there's neuroscience to prove it. And some people want story. And so as we made the movie, we would show it to people. We did like 60 small group screenings. We'd show it to a group of people and we'd say, what do you need? And they're like, well, you know, you had that one thing about the whiplash study in Lithuania. I mean, that was interesting, but I need more proof or I can't believe this. So we put in more proof and then it just got so heavy and then it started to feel like propaganda. And so the people who were interested were like, ah, I don't trust this. It sounds like woo. And you're trying to prove it to me. So we had to pull all of that out and just have it be a metaphorical story. And that's where my, my father's wedding speech that we use in the film right. really became foundational because it's really through metaphor that we find our own truth because with metaphor, we can reflect our own our own lives. And the reason that became so, yeah, do you have some- So, so let me back up still for a second about who Dr. Yeah. Sarno is. So I can tell you my I'm impression sorry. of him, but you actually yeah. know him yeah. a lot better than I do. So I know Dr. Sarno 
that he wrote his book called Mind Over Back Pain, I think in the 70s, correct? Yeah, yeah. like he wrote it in the 70s, it came out, I think, in 81. Right. Yeah. And then he's written two or three other books, and they've, they've been best-selling books for decades. And, you know, his concepts were not new. I mean, this has been in medicine for centuries, yeah. but in modern times, it had been lost. Right, so he right. took a stand and said, look, this is how medicine is supposed to be practiced. You actually listen to the patients, you talk to them. And what he didn't have back then was the link now between the autonomic nervous system and the body's chemistry is that when you talk to people, it actually shifts the physiology. And so it turns out that by understanding that these, this back pain was not a structural issue, it was a problem with the body's inflammatory response, he didn't put it in those words, he was able to actually, by educating patients to the nature of chronic pain, and by the way, the role of emotions being expressed as pain, he was able to get people healed. And we still call it the Sarno effect, which, you know, maybe 20% of my patients have a Sarno effect. Most people, you know, it's a longer term process like you went through. But nonetheless, understanding there's not structural damage causing the problems is a huge deal. The problem that Dr. Sarno had, and again, you can fill me in here, Michael, is he, he literally got persecuted. He was persecuted by his, he was ostracized by his peers. You pointed in out his own, his own what, what hospital was he at? He was at NYU Medical Center. Right. So his yeah. point being that unexpressed emotions, the body's going to, we look at now as threat versus safety, but unexpressed emotions, repressed emotions are a threat. But what it does, it really fires up the body's physiology. Metabolism goes up, inflammation goes up, inflammatory cytokines go up, your body goes on fire and it hurts. So if you don't feel the emotional pain, it gets expressed as physical symptoms. So right. he understood that link really clearly. What I liked about your movie is that when I heard Dr. Sarno talk, he was really quite clear in how he explained the link. Yeah. And it's pretty logical, really. And what medicine has forgotten that humans are living creatures, we process our stresses and we have to come up with a response. Right. But right. consciousness is also a stress that we also express in physical symptoms. Right. So he's very clear about that. And he had hundreds and probably thousands and thousands of patients go to pain-free. Right. Okay. So, it, so your story was amongst those. And, and what you laid out there is just in, the impact of pain on your family wasn't great. No. No. And so when you first met him, you probably weren't a huge believer initially yourself, correct? Well, I, I was a believer, but I had struggled. So I read the book when I was about 23 or 24 and, and totally got it. Um, but I was 23 and I was, had a pretty free life. Right. By the time I had a documentary, I was trying to self-distribute and, and, I, and I had a tendency to push myself beyond my own capacity. Right. And I, I do that throughout my life, way right. beyond what I could physically and emotionally bear until I collapse. And um, that's been a hard thing to kind of to work through. And so that's what happened to me. And that's when I ended up in his office. And that's when we decided to make the film. I, I also tend to like really my personally question what's going on in the world. So I'll notice when things don't make sense. And I'll, I'll find someone like Dr. Sarno say that guy is pushing against the system. And I appreciate that, right? A lot of people don't like that. They want they right. do, they don't want to question things, and so right. that you know that's kind of the way we make movies. But we also question the way movies are expected to be made. And so, for instance, even with the film, what we had is a problem where it doesn't fit the paradigm of what people expect from a documentary. Right. So, in fact, all of the every single one of the reviews personally shamed me for being in it. Like the Los Angeles Times headline was "Director hijacks his own film." Really, and the New York Times first line is. 
director, distance thyself. That's what you'll be saying when you watch this movie because they're stuck in their own paradigm, right? Just like Dr. Sarno's peers, we're stuck in the paradigm that all back pain is physical. And therefore, if you're questioning that or doing it differently, you're an apostate and we must kick you out of the building. It's the same with the film. The film people expected this. You said this is about Dr. Sarno, although we didn't say that. No. That's the... Um, then, then it's a failure that we have failed, and that. But, but it also is that the, if you think about it, just the way the structure of the world, people who are film reviewers are critical people, which means that they're told, and the film challenges to be with their emotions. It makes right. them uncomfortable, and so right. it's easy to go, oh, that guy is so annoying. Let's let you 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 shouldn't have to deal with this person. He's he's such a nebbish. Get rid of that guy. And um, you know, it was it's uh. It's complicated, but, and the reason I'm bringing it up is it just points out just how much these systems or these stuck ideas control our ability to challenge the world. Well, I don't know if you, I mean, maybe you're looking at this differently, but you know, I started this process myself about 1999 and I really started pushing this 2003, but I did not know what I was doing. I did not know about right. Dr. Sarno. He eventually came to the same conclusions through a friend, a person who interviewed on the film, Dr. Schubner, who's my mentor, who's one, you know, really a Dr. Sarno peer, right. not peer, but, but Dr. Sarno but colleague. Schubner, and yeah. Dr. Schubner mentored me. So mm -hmm. Dr. Schubner is my mentor and David Schechter is a colleague of mine. So is Dave Clark. Right. So we all have different styles of saying the same thing. Right. But it's incredible that there, I think the resistance is even worse now than it was 10 years ago. Mm in the medical profession. Now amongst the public right. is different. So when right. I'm excited about your film, when yeah. was your film released, by the way? It's about five years ago now. So, okay, so let me, I'll just give my synopsis of it, but I really wanna yeah. know what's going on after the film is released because it's, the film is, right. um, I, I'm not a, I'm actually for lots of reasons, watching films differently about the quality, the way they were written and presented. And it's a remarkable piece. I mean, it really yeah. just draws you into the story, the characters, there's drama about what's going to happen next. I mean, it's not a clear cut. I mean, it's not, it's a very engaging film, but it's not overhyped. It just tells it the way it is, which I thought was remarkable. Brings your family right into it on the ground floor. No pretenses there. And it showed the impact of chronic pain on the family. It showed the impact of healing. But doctors, these concepts, again, they're not Dr. Sarno's concepts. They are universal right. concepts. Right. You had a phrase at the beginning of the, um, can you cite that phrase to me at the very beginning of the film about what's right under your nose? I think it's the stories that we tell ourselves shape our sense of who we are. And I, uh, I mean, the answers are right under our noses. Right. So what I am really, I'll just say upset about, I get the same frustration Dr. Sarno has, is yeah. that the stuff about the body responding to a threat or stress, we learned this in high school science class. Yeah. This is not uh, so. If you if a bully threatens you, of course you sweat, your muscles go tense, your heart races. Was that psychological? No. That your body as a unit responding to it. And when and when Dr. Osano also pointed out really clearly that the mind and body are just a unit. There's no separation. Right. It never was. There's no separation at all. Right. Zero. And but but I think what's what I I there's a guy named Ashok Gupta who really talks about it with uh, a lot of intelligence and um, great communication skills. And what he points out, um, you know, you have the amygdala, which is in the center of your brain, which is your right. fight or flight, right? <clears throat> your amygdala, after it saves you from, say, stepping off the curb and almost getting hit by a bus, checks in with your cortex and says, is that thing, that bus, is that scary? 
And if your cortex doesn't go, no, no, buses aren't scary. Not paying attention as I'm walking is scary. I'm going to pay attention better. What happens if you don't do that? Every time you see a bus, you get flooded with those stress hormones because right. you've now let your amygdala take control. And so right. his thing is the amygdala retraining system. And so everybody has their different way of talking about it. And I think all of them are beautiful and all of them build together. And I think one thing I, I felt really strongly about is trying to connect all of these different people, which is happening, say, through the PPDA and, and organizations like that, to be able to have a unified voice saying, we need to insert this into all of medicine. And, right. and the thing that I've most missed is like, you know, after I didn't find out about the ACE study until several years into working on the Dr. Sarno film, right? Um, but that, that's the proof, all the proof you need. Can you explain the ACE study really quickly? Most people don't know what the ACE sure. study is. Sure. Uh, I think it's Felitti, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but in 1991, they did a study where I think it was 74,000 patients in the Kaiser Health Clinic. They took a history of people, a really intense history, and then their whole health history. And that the, the health history also involved a, a series of questions about different traumatic events that might've happened in their childhood. Right. Um, a parent who was imprisoned, parents who were divorced, child abuse, sexual abuse. If they have four or more of these, they die 20 years earlier, right? right? They're four times more likely to have um, cancer or heart disease. So now we've clearly made a connection between childhood trauma and stress and disease, which is exactly what Dr. Sarno said. And he thought he was talking about it also in small T trauma, right? You, the trauma that we think about when we hear trauma, we think like PTSD from being in war or a car accident or child abuse, et cetera. But in fact, simply not getting your needs met is right. traumatizing, for, especially if you're pre-linguistic. So there's no way to actually address it, except if we can recognize it, then we can begin to shift the patterns. The problem is what happens if a child doesn't feel safe his body chemistry is off. It actually compromises the blood flow to the neocortex or the thinking centers of the brain. And they just right, don't right. develop, it doesn't develop correctly. So right. what medicine is not done. I'm going to rant here for a second again. Yeah. So medicine says, okay, these adverse childhood experiences cause death 20 years earlier. Is that psychological? Is dying psychological? I, I don't think so. No, but I so, don't, but okay, I don't think dying, that they're separate. Why, did, why are you dying? So medicine is not asking the why. It's right there in front of us. It's the bodies. So the essence of chronic disease and all these things you talked about is sustained exposure to threat physiology. It's right. like driving a car down the freeway in second gear. It's going to break down. And the data is really deep since the 60s. Lots of studies show that chronic stress kills people. Yeah. And that's not psychological. That's your body. It's a total, it's a total body response. So as a child, you have to feel safe and nurtured for your brain to develop normally. As an adult, you need to, you can't actually heal if you're using resources to survive in fight or flight. You actually right. have to get to safety to actually heal. So the right. essence of disease is, is chronic exposure to threat physiology. The essence of healing is maximizing your time in safe physiology. Right. And so he knew that he, he was very clear in trying to do that. But I want to give you one piece of data that might shock you. So I did notice in Dr. Sarno's film, which he put together, he was very upset about the aggressive surgery, right? The I mean, he was not very happy with surgeons back then. Yeah, 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 right. It's 100 times worse now. Right, I know. So do you, do you know what the success rate of a back fusion for back pain is? Just take a guess. 27%. How much? 
Oh, you read my book. <laughs> no, no, I was a guess. <laughs> no, you're right. I was going to say 27%. I'm impressed. <laughs> anyway, no, it's, it's, it's like less than 30%. When I, and I was doing those fusions for years because I thought it was the right thing to do. And people, I thought the success rate was over 90% because it's a big operation. So guess what? <clears throat> people are, are always asking for proof. And I get really reactive to that comment because there's not one research paper ever in 60 years that spine surgery works for back pain. Not one. Right. That's, that's and the what data you know. actually says really clearly that disc degeneration is not a source of pain. We're over $20 billion a year. An operation has zero data. We know things like exercise, sleep, diet are anti-inflammatory. There's lots of data on that. So when people tell you, well, I don't can't believe this because it's out there, all Dr. Sarno did and what I'm also doing now and my colleagues we're trying to take known, proven, deep medical science and just bring it into public awareness. Yeah. So that's why I'm so excited about your film because I'm assuming that's one of your main missions. So on this part of the podcast, I just want to finish with asking yeah. you, the film was released about five years ago. Um, how's it going? Has the film been received? I know it probably hasn't been received that well by the medical profession, but as far as, your, as, far as the public goes, um, how's it going? I'm just curious. So the people who we can get it to and who are open to it, I mean, it really does have profound healing effects. So like if you look on Amazon, and 95% of them are four or five star and they're talking about how the film saved their life. Right. The problem we face though is like, because the reviews were dismissive and expected to be something else, it was harder to get people to watch it. Um, and because it's not really a medical say, say, say that again exactly. Because the, the, the reason I have a problem with the reviews being very dismissive is that it, it kind of pushes people away from feeling like they have to see it. And it's kind of like what, what I find when I'm trying to get science people um, to write about Dr. Sarno. They right. feel like they already understand it because someone told them it was woo. Right. So they're right. like, oh, that's already been. We all know that's nonsense. No, you don't. You didn't look at it. You haven't read this book and you're saying that you know it all. It's like, it's, a, it's insane. And so the people who are signed, like, I'll tell you this short story, which it was deeply difficult for me this summer. The, the new editor of the well so section in the New York Times mm -hmm. put up something on Twitter saying, send me your pitches. I'm taking over the movie and said, I, it would be awesome if you would write about the movie. And he wrote back, it's a too late to talk about Sarno. He said, however, if there was um, a study done by like Tor Wager, I'd be in. So I sent him all of that stuff when it came out and he never responded. And then they wrote the article about Dr. Sarno from a science writer's perspective saying it cured me, but I think it's woo. They quoted Tor Wager, they quoted Dr. Schubner and they didn't mention that the study existed or Danino's study. I had sent it to him. He knew about it. They specifically chose to dismiss him because of his own bias. Right. Dr. Sarno was or not important because he hadn't read The Divided Mind. He hadn't read any of it. He just used his own bias. And I just thought that was absolutely, it was, it was unethical to quote the people. And in fact, to choose quotes that dismiss Dr. Sarno. It was weird. Well, I, I, mean, I, think, I, I think you know, <clears throat> I think you already know I quit my surgical practice to do this full time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. surgeons are, we, the modern medicine has no data for almost everything it does. They have no data. They've but they actually, talk about it as if they do, which is I know, but ludicrous. It's, it's arrogance beyond words. And so I yeah. quit my practice because I couldn't stand it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was watching three to five patients every week being badly damaged by spine surgery on normally aging spines. And I'm watching hundreds of patients go to pain-free with 
no risk, minimal resources, no. but just harnessing the body's own healing power. It's right. the way medicine has always been, is right. that technology has actually kidnapped all of us. And I will say yeah. the business of medicine has actually kidnapped us. So Michael, this is a, I'm really excited about this. And the second podcast, I'd like to talk to you yeah. about, just get, give a synopsis of your concepts of healing energy mm -hmm. and what, what that entails right. and the message you want to give out to the world. So I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to meet you. And um, again, please look at the, the film. Again, the link is what? Alltheragedoc.com. Alltheragedoc.com. And I would strongly yep. encourage you to take a look at this film. It's wonderful. Anyway, thank Michael, you. thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank our guest, Michael Galinsky, for being on the show today and sharing the inspirations and challenges he faced in the making of his documentary about the life and work of Dr. John Sarno called All the Rage. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.